Sepsis is a potentially life-threatening complication of an infection that can affect anyone of any age. It is more common in the very young, the elderly or those with a weakened immune system. Without quick treatment, sepsis can lead to multiple organ failure and death. This episode is a little bit different. In this episode, I get help from Sean Hughes and his parents, Karen and Joe, to help explain the devastating effect that sepsis can have on a family. Sean Hughes died at only 15 years of age from sepsis on the 12th of January 2018. It is very rare to have the opportunity to get to know somebody after they've died. But because Sean was an up-and-coming rap artist from Finglas in Dublin, he has recorded music which express, as he says himself, his soul and his being. Before I go on to talk about the symptoms of sepsis and to chat with Karen and Joe about how Sean's story unraveled, I think it's really, really important to hear from Sean how full of life and determination he was. I have never come across a 15-year-old who knew exactly what they wanted to do and how to get it. Sean had drive, charisma, personality in abundance and a loving family. I am so sad when I hear him rapping that he was taken from his family too early. The animal enjoyed me for rapping you cannot tame To get noticed is my aim My passion for rapping is in me bloodstream Me rules are so tweety are extreme I'm little red, you're gonna hear it a lot Whoever signs me will hit the jackpot Rap so tweet, they are red hot Hit you so hard just like a gunshot Yeah, chase me dream, I'm so headstrong if you think I'm a pushover, party you're wrong We've been doing this thing for so long That rapping environment is where I belong Not quite a man, not quite a kid On this rap game I'm gonna lift the lid Trying to make a living, trying to make a few quid My passion for rapping cannot remain hid Yeah, you can't deny that I have mad skills Just a normal chap, you won't see no frills When I make it bigger, won't worry about bills About bills all I wanna do is get me name out there I'm the freshest young rapper with the red hair All you shine rappers should take her Beware, I'll sneak up on you all unaware All I think about is chasing my dream Of one day making it as a rapper supreme I know, I'll shine like a sunbeam I'll be rhyming and rapping to blow off steam To blow off steam It's not always easy to tell if someone has sepsis. There are lots of possible symptoms and sometimes they can be vague and mirror other conditions like flu or chest infection. You don't get sepsis unless you already have an underlying infection. And as you'll hear throughout this episode, it's really important that sepsis is spotted early on because many deaths are preventable once a diagnosis has been established. It's for this reason that I want to highlight some symptoms that you need to flag with your GP so that they can refer your baby or child to hospital for further diagnosis or treatment. Contact your GP or out of hours GP urgently if your baby or child has an infection and has a temperature of over 38 degrees Celsius or higher in babies under three months, 39 degrees Celsius or higher in babies three to six months, 
or a temperature below 36 Celsius. And do recheck temperatures after five minutes to confirm. If your child has any difficulty breathing, breathlessness, or you notice their stomach moving in and out as they use their stomach muscles to help them move. If your baby has no interest in feeding. If your child hasn't drank anything for more than eight hours while awake. If they begin vomiting repeatedly. If they have blood in their vomit or their vomit is green or black. If they have sunken eyes, a bulging soft spot on their head. If they have no interest in anything, even with encouragement. If they've become less responsive, irritable or difficult to console. If they have a stiff neck, especially when trying to look up or down. Or even if they've just been behaving differently than usual to the point that you're worried. Call 112 or go to an emergency department if your baby or child is under 5 and has blue, pale or blotchy skin, lips or tongue. A rash that won't go away when you roll a glass over it, the same way that you check for meningitis. If they're being very sluggish, unusually sleepy or difficult to wake. If they feel unusually cold to touch or have had no pee or wet nappies for more than 12 hours. If they're breathing very fast or has a fit or convulsions. If they have a weak, high-pitched cry that's not like their normal cry. If they have an infection and they're still getting worse after 24 hours. It may be sepsis. They may not have all of these symptoms, but even if they just have one, get urgent medical attention. For older kids or for adults, call 112 or attend an emergency department if they're acting confused, have slurred speech, or they're not making sense or being their usual self. If they have difficulty breathing or they're breathing very fast, if they have blue or slightly blue lips, pounding in their chest, cold hands and feet, or look clammy and pale. If they feel dizzy, faint, or lose consciousness. If they're not peeing as much as normal, for example, not peeing for a day. If they have a rash that doesn't fade when you roll a glass over it. If they have severe muscle pain, or if they're complaining of severe leg pain or difficulty standing. Again, if they have an infection and they're still unwell after 24 hours or getting worse, it may be sepsis. So do seek medical attention. Karen and Joe have experienced traumatic and devastating grief through their loss of their son, Sean. And I am grateful that they have joined me for today's episode to share Sean's story. It helps to make the reality of sepsis a bit more real and can show how quickly a healthy young man with no underlying health conditions can die. I just want to apologise about the quality of the audio as we had a few technical issues while recording, so the line isn't as clear as it normally is, but we just wanted to plough on and get this episode out to raise awareness during September, because September is Sepsis Awareness Month. I'd like to thank Joe and Karen for articulating their story so well and also to Sean's sister Zoe because Joe, Karen and Zoe have done all they can to raise sepsis awareness in Ireland to try and save lives of other children like Sean. Thank you so much Joe and Karen for joining me today to talk all about Sean. Can you tell me a little bit about what he was like as a child growing up and then as a rapper because I know he had an amazing keen interest in rapping and a real talent for it. So Sean was born on the 3rd of July 2002. 
Um, from an early age, Joe himself knew that he was an absolute character. From when the time he went to preschool, he was liked by everyone, teachers, students, everyone. And like that, he was your typical child into everything. Um, football, Gaelic. He even done boxing. And when he got a bit older then, it was the music that really inspired him. Myself and Joe used to listen to rap music. We grew up with rap music and that's where Sean got his liking from because we always had rap music playing. And Joe used to collect Sean from school and they'd have the rap music blared now, the car and the two of them be rapping along to it. And that really inspired him now with to pursue his music career, especially in rap. And then he joined the local music group here in Singlas and... From that, he he performed in the Aviva Stadium, Crow Park, the Helix, National Concert Hall, um, the Access Centre. Anywhere he'd be asked, he would perform. And um, not a bother to him to do it. He's great confidence. He's, he's brilliant at his rapping. But um, yeah, so, and as I said, as Sean grew up, he was liked by everyone. He really was. And he respected everyone. Yeah, he had a bright future ahead of him. He really did. And he actually had a scholarship from secondary school called The Rising Tide. And he wanted to go on to produce music. So they would have put him on the right path then to pursue his career in that. So, yeah, he loved life. He was a happy kid. You can really hear in his music his passion for life and his determination to live a vibrant, strong life, just the way he wanted it as well. I love that, love that about him, his determination. There was nothing going to stop him. He knew where he wanted to go and how to get there. And he was just saying, listen up world, yeah. I'm coming for you kind of thing. That's it, absolutely. Yeah, that was Sean down to a T. Yeah, <laughs> definitely. And you can yeah. see on the pictures of him and I'll, I'll obviously share them on our Instagram. He's such a sparkle in his eye and yeah. just really, really, you can just see vibrant life. And he loved his, um, his designer clothes. He used to save up money and then buy his designer clothes online and he loved looking dapper. Yeah. I love that he made the most of being a redhead as well. Do you know, obviously. Very, oh, he did. Very yeah, he did. Absolutely, yeah, and these rosy cheeks. Then, yeah, so that's where his he loved it. His stage name came from, anyway. It did indeed, Sheena. Yeah, yes. so, Sean, he had plenty of uh, plenty of confidence, and he wasn't shy. But he was he was still he's still humble. You know the way we wear them to be to, to treat treat people as he treats you and respect your elders and things like that. You know, Sean has a sister named Zoe. And, you know, they were, they were the best of friends at most times. And they were, they, they, like our kids, didn't get on sometimes. And the next day, they were the best of friends. Yeah. And so we now, so we has our own young child. And in honor of our son, Sean, she named her son, Sean. Ah, God. That's lovely. And there's a lot of the, a lot of the same characteristics in young Sean as it was in our son, Sean. You know, definitely when people say, oh, he's a character, he was here before. Well, that's, that's a definite for our grandson. He was here before. That's so special and nice to have that connection and to see the next generation coming along. Yeah. He's always talking. In this house, we always talk about Sean every day. And young Sean does say, Uncle Sean, go to Uncle Sean's room. Sean's room is the same as it is the day he passed away. He's, he has um, wardrobes full of designer gear. He has his TV, his Xbox, everything's still there. His mum changes the room, changes the sheets, changes the, the curtains and the, what have you on a regular basis 
and we go into his room and we speak to him. Yeah, I said, you know, keep the memory going. It's probably a nice space where you can feel very close to him and just I yeah. immerse yourself in his personality. Of course, you know, his books are in the room there that, that, that he used to jog down a few lyrics, you know, his, his rhyme book. And it's great to look back on them and it's great to listen to his music too. Sean, he, he written and performed and recorded his own CD, produced his own CD by the age of 15, by the age of 15. There's not many teenagers who have such conviction in what they want to do, who know themselves that well, that they have that confidence that they're already pursuing their dream. Most people are still figuring that out when they're 30, do you know? Absolutely, Fina. Yeah, you're right there. He did. He knew what he wanted to do, really, from a young age, you know? And what happened when he got sick? Can you explain the run-up and how that unfolded? Absolutely. So on the 8th of January 2018, Sean came home from school and he said to me, I don't feel well. He said, I have, like, flu-like symptoms. So I said, OK. I said, um, well, you're off tomorrow. I said, I'll give you a lemsip. I probably gave him norofen as well. I said, just kind of sweat it out, yeah, as you would with, you know, yourself with a flu-like symptoms. So on the Tuesday then, I heard him laughing and joking. He was FaceTiming someone on his iPad and I said, he must be feeling somewhat better, you know. So it was later that night then he had said to his sister, Zoe, I don't feel great again. It's like it was coming and going on him, you know. By this time he said his chest was haunting him then as well. So... I called him for school on the Wednesday morning and he said to me, I absolutely feel rotten. I said, okay. I said, I'll try and get an appointment with the doctor. I did actually manage to get one at 11 o'clock that morning. So I brought Sean down and by that time, Sean was extremely quiet. Sean was never quiet. You'd hear him from a mile away. He kept getting worse feeling, you know, the way he felt with the illness he had. So I brought him down to the GP and she said that he has a chest infection, a high fever, and he has an influenza. So she said, I'm going to give him an antibiotic in case it progresses to pneumonia. So I said, okay. So Joe actually brought John home that day and I got his prescription. So I got it into him straight away. But by that evening then, he was coughing then at this stage. And he was coughing up a lot of phlegm and he was very irritable. He couldn't sleep. So I was giving him his antibiotics. I was giving him his painkillers in between. Say that was the Wednesday night then and he said, I can't sleep. He said, I mean, and it was one thing that always sticks in my mind afterwards. He said to me, I feel like I'm going to die. And, you know, it didn't resonate with me until I actually knew afterwards that that was actually one of the signs of sepsis that people say that they have like you know an overwhelming feeling of doom people are saying to me like but people say that when they have a flu as well you know so by Thursday then Thursday morning then I'm looking I'm saying he's not he seems to be getting a bit worse you know the antibiotic should be kicking in and then I was thinking well he's coughing up phlegm is the antibiotic actually getting into his system so then I don't know whether you remember Shane but around January 2018 there was an Aussie flu that had hit Ireland and the HSC were actually on the telly and the radio telling people to stay away from hospital with flu. That was putting me off. And then afterwards, then, when we spoke to doctors in Temple Street, they said that Sean would have been torn away because he only had a flu and he was already on an antibiotic, which I found quite disturbing because I had said to the previous Minister for Health as well that people can die from flu and you have to stop saying that or say it in a different context. It's funny because what strikes me from what you're saying as well is that 
flu-like symptoms and him feeling unwell, all of that is quite normal for flu and say a chest infection. And obviously even him saying, you know, I feel so bad that I'm going to die. Like as a parent, I, I would have done exactly what you did. You know, you're going, okay, flu, I know I have to manage this at home. He's on the antibiotic. If there is a chest infection there, I'm doing all I can. Absolutely, yeah. You know, so it's so normal. And one thing, I I can see the difficulty because obviously the hospitals are trying to, especially in COVID era now, reduce infection spreading around hospitals. But it's, it's, it's that line that's really difficult. And I think the main thing here is a mother's gut instinct and yeah. you knew that, you know, you knew Sean and the fact that it struck you, but you did everything yeah. right. You did what you were, you followed the guidelines. Yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then I remember sitting there Thursday and then he was getting short of breath then and I said, he doesn't, and then I was saying, what, what will I do? Will I just bring him in? Or And then I made a decision then. I said, you know, what? I'm going to bring him back down to his GP and maybe she'd give me a letter to send him in, you know, that he'd be seen to quicker or whatever, you know. And that's the decision I made on the Thursday evening. Sure, we never got to the doctor on Friday morning because he was dead. You know, he stopped breathing about half 11. I was talking to him. I set up, I always set up with the kids when they were sick. Always. And about half 11, he was on one sofa, I was on the other. And he was trying to talk to me. He even said to me, you can watch that crap that you watch on Netflix. He said, I don't mind. And with that, he stopped talking. And I jumped up straight away. I knew there was something seriously wrong. And I couldn't wake him. And I called for Joe. And Joe administered CPR while I phoned for the paramedics. So it happened so, so quick. I just, I don't know what you could have done differently. Yeah. People said to me, friends of mine had said, they would have put their child to bed with paracetamol and probably just left him there to sweat it out. And because it was a flu he's been treated for, you know, they said we wouldn't have set up with them. Or I did do everything right. I did. You did, and and that's that's little comfort to you now. But at least, at least you know yeah. that because you did absolutely do everything you could. Um, and it was just horrifying to hear. Sorry, it was horrifying to hear that he would have been torn away from the hospital. He could have died in the car on the way home. You know, when you think of it that way too. And what do you? think needs to change how how can we prevent stories like this and children like sean from sepsis death or you know at, at what point do we refer them from we found out that it was sepsis that sean passed away from you know sean's tragic and preventable death from sepsis that's what always sticks in my neck you know sticks in my go is that sean's death was preventable Sepsis deaths are preventable, but it has to be, it all begins with early recognition and then rapid treatment. So there was three sets of medical professionals that failed, Sean, that failed to spot sepsis. You had the family GP, then you had the paramedics, then you had the the doctors in Temple Street. Three different sets of doctors failed, Sean. I think it should be standard practice if you've got a child that's maybe so very unwell to do bloods because bloods will absolutely yeah we have always said Sheena we've said that you know if if a patient presents to the GP or the the hospital with any kind of infection 
why not start at the most drastic? Why not start with sepsis and work your way back? Because what we know about sepsis now, you know, so what happened when Sean passed away first and we heard about sepsis, we had no idea what sepsis was. So like 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 a lot of people, we went on the, on, on the internet. First point of call was the HSE, and there was little or nothing on it. it was all geared, anything that was on the exchange was on the website was was geared towards medical professionals, not normal ordinary parents. Not yeah. you know it was it was too overcomplicated. It was it couldn't make heads and tails out of it. So we got we went to the, the on the UK websites and the, the US and then you know what we found out about sepsis and, and then we got to learn the, the signs and symptoms of sepsis. El Sean was was displaying every one of them. Yeah. So if the doctors, if the GPs, if the, if the healthcare professionals here in Ireland were more sepsis aware, there would be definitely less deaths and less disabilities from sepsis. Because if you survive sepsis, you know, you, you you never get your health back a hundred percent, Gina. You can be left with disabilities. You can be left with uh, amputations, uh, psychological problems. There's a huge kickback if you do survive sepsis. Uh, it can trigger underlying disease to present more yeah. aggressively as well. So, so without our research, then we we got the we got the land that um, in 2018, ironically, the year that Sean passed away, that there was a, a study done, and it showed that only 28 percent of the Irish public had an accurate understanding of what sepsis was. 28%. So when we started Little Red's Legacy this year, we done a similar study and it shows that there is an increase. It's 42% now. It's a definite increase, but it's still very low. We, we decided to, to set up Little Red's Legacy sepsis awareness campaign due to the lack of knowledge in the Irish public on the signs and symptoms and the dangers of sepsis. We're all five years doing what we do, and you know we're well over the thirty mark. Thirty people have been, at least thirty people have been in touch with us, saying that their life or someone they care for life has been saved because of Sean's story and Little Red's legacy, sepsis awareness campaign. And it's such such a powerful thing to do, and such a fantastic way to to let Sean keep breathing life into this world by by saving the lives of others. <laughs> That, that was the whole aim of doing it, you know. And sure, this is what Sean would want. You know, we, as a family here, we hold regular events. And we go, go around schools and colleges, sports clubs, giving the sepsis awareness presentation. We've been in, uh, we've been in Leicester House a couple of times. And we're in there again now next week, the week after, sorry, to, to give another sepsis awareness presentation to the senators and TDs in there. It's amazing. It's amazing. I know I I mentioned the symptoms and signs and explained what sepsis was at the beginning, but one of the key messages that sticks with me and through reading about your campaign and everything is is if your child is very, very unwell and you have concerns, just ask that question to the medical professions. Just ask, could it be sepsis? You know, another, another one is uh, if there's infection, think sepsis. Because, you know, like... Sepsis doesn't discriminate against age, gender, or race. Anybody can get an infection, anybody can get sepsis. See, another part of our research has shown that there's an average of 3,000 deaths in Ireland every year from sepsis. That's an average of seven deaths a day in Ireland from sepsis. And there's very little known about it. This year, thankfully, it seems to be picking up a little bit more. There's definitely a bit of momentum behind this awareness. Um, it's weird out of five years. It's been a hard five years. 
And from day one, Sheena, we always said, if, if there was somebody doing this, we wouldn't have to do it. Yeah. As we said, to, as we said to the previous minister and this minister of health, do the Irish public not deserve the gold standard of, of healthcare like other countries in the world? Of course they do. Our spare time, we go around clinics and hospitals, and we put up sets of awareness posters and give out the leaflets, and that's in the maternity hospitals in in the agency clinics. You know, like, and this is what we do. It's our mission to empower people with the knowledge of how to recognise the symptoms of sepsis, all because we don't want another family to go through what we're going through every day, Gina. It sadly reminds me very much of Siobhan Carroll, who's the founder of Act for Meningitis, who lost her daughter, Ava, and has now set up the only meningitis charity in Ireland. Yeah, okay. As you have just said, it shouldn't be down to families who've experienced traumatic grief to see that there is no one else doing awareness campaigns and it shouldn't be down to you to try and inform and educate the public like that being done. Health promotion is the biggest asset to our health system that we can have. It literally, as you've said, you've saved 30 lives. I know that I'll obviously be sharing and sharing the story and I'm so, so grateful that you're doing what you're doing, but it shouldn't fall on you. You know, from day one, when we, when we started this, we were saying, look, there's no glory in, in what we do. We don't do it for money. We don't, we, don't, we don't get wages for doing this. You know, we, we do it out of our respect for our son and to help other people. But look, it doesn't matter if it's us, the man next door, the man on the moon, who's raising awareness about sepsis. Once it's being done, the truth of the matter is, we're five years down the line doing the Sepsis Awareness Campaign and five years down the line, the tragic and untimely death of our son. But we haven't grieved properly yet, you know. And as somebody said to me, why would the HSE or anybody else put effort into raising awareness about sepsis when you guys are doing it and you're doing it better? But that, it shouldn't be that way at all. But I, I, I will have to give credit where credit is due. But it's slowly, it is being taken up now by the HSE. This year, I've seen more than I have seen in the last four years. Yeah. This is, we're in September, which is Sepsis Awareness Month. The 13th of September is World Sepsis Day, and there's been quite a lot going on. We've been working with the HSE previously, and we we produced a couple of educational videos, which are being shown in, in some of the major hospitals and the maternity hospitals. And we have worked with them to uh, produce a new, fully comprehensive, all-in-one Sepsis Awareness leaflet. They are getting in, rolling behind us. Fair enough, COVID struck, but we can't hide behind COVID all the time. Sepsis was still there while COVID was still going on. As I said, there's seven deaths. There's seven deaths every day in Ireland from, from the preventable sepsis. If there were seven deaths a day in Ireland from anything else, there'd be public outcry. Sepsis doesn't discriminate, Cena. You know, we, we have an aging population here in Ireland and are easier at picking up um, infections. So they say the young and the old and anybody with an underlying health condition is more susceptible to getting sepsis. There was our son, young, fit, healthy, no underlying health conditions. So, like, we're, we're not doing what we do to, to scare people. But I think the HSE are scared by not telling them. Absolutely, yeah. Head in the sand approach is not what we need. Yeah. And actually, like, last winter, we had our worst RSV and flu season. Like, yeah. Yeah. And this year, I can't imagine that it's going to be much better. And, you know, sepsis can come from any infection, bacterial or viral. So yeah. I think what you're doing is really, really powerful and, and important so that 
parents will know now that if their child is showing signs of sepsis, that they may need to push and to bring up the word sepsis. And as you say, rule it out and move back the way from there. Absolutely. Like our health service, I've been saying it for years, our health service is failing us. We have not got a well-resourced and we have an inadequate supply of GPs. None of this is the fault of the public and we should not have to accept busy GP surgeries. We need prompt access to urgent health care. And that's why I've been campaigning for the expansion of pharmacy services to try and free up some of the, the GP time so that they can see these patients like Sean. And I know he was really fortunate to get to the GP rather quickly at the time, but the landscape has changed and that, that isn't happening for people now. They're being told they can have an appointment in two weeks. And like, that's no... I know, it's, yeah. it's crazy. I mean, we were absolutely horrified, Sheena, as Joe said, when Sean passed away from sepsis. And then we kind of started looking around doctor surgeries, hospitals, clinics. There was nothing, absolutely nothing about sepsis. There was, there was leaflets about headlights, foot care, diabetes, all the other heart attack strokes. Nothing absolutely about sepsis. So our biggest thing was to have leaflets done to make people understand what sepsis is and how to recognise it. And we fought and we did leaflets with the HSA. We were in collaboration with them and they had Sean's likeness on them. They never transpired. So we said it to them again to do a leaflet, an all-in-one universal that covers everybody and have it in the GP surgery. So they're going to roll them out in the GP surgeries because the information needs to be in the parents' hands because that's probably the first part of call with most parents is the GP surgery, you know. Even in those information packs that you do get, say, about feeding your baby and minding your baby when your baby's first born that you get off the public health nurse, it should be included in there as well. Definitely, yeah. As you said, sepsis is one of those medical terms that nobody really knows until they've had a family member who's experienced it. Exactly. Absolutely, yeah. And I mean, not every infection leads to sepsis, but just to be vigilant or just for people to have the awareness. And that's where what we're all about is the awareness. And just to ask that question. and you know, Yeah, absolutely. Don't be afraid to ask, could it be sepsis? It's very important now for parents to advocate for their children's health, but especially because, you know, the health service is so overburdened. You need you need to ask, you need to fight for everything to be. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. You guys. Well, I was going to say you guys should be getting state funding, but really, no. you know, by the sounds of things, you're exhausted. And I, I understand why you're doing what you're doing, but it's important as you said earlier, to be able to have time to grieve your child as well. Because yeah. We're not going down. We don't need any funding of anybody. We never looked for anything. What we do, we do it out of pride and remembrance of our son. And, you know, Sheena, as we do ourselves, there's some days you, you get out of bed and, 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 you, and you can take on the world. And some days you can't get out of bed, you don't lift your head off the pillow. and you Because you, you, we suffer in this family here with PTSD. And, you know, we're here for each other. There's four of us here under this roof and we're here for each other all of the time. And if one's having a bad day, the other one will, will kind of pick them up. But like to get, we we never look for any state funding. And just let the state keep the funding and give it to the HSE yeah. to, to do to pick up and heighten sepsis awareness campaign. So one of the things we've been wanting from day one is an advertisement on Irish national television for sepsis awareness because we think it'll reach a wider audience because social media will only hit so many. 
where if it was on TV, like we did our research, we said like the meningitis ad, like the strokes ad, like the heart attacks, sexual awareness should be up there as well with an ad on TV. Now at the moment, we have Sean's posters on Dublin bus. There's a good fleet of them now with Sean's posters with the signs and symptoms. And then also we have his posters in some of the shopping centres around Dublin as well with the signs and symptoms. So we're just trying to promote the awareness all the time. I am humbled by your strength and I'm, as a parent, I'm really, really grateful. And as a healthcare professional myself, you know, it's it's really focused my mind on educating patients in the pharmacy and, and online. And I want to take this chance to thank you so much for the work that you're doing. I think it's only appropriate that we let Sean sing us out now and have the last word. Thanks very much. In the jaw, mm, well, put together, look at jigsaw. Brains in me head, mom full of straw. As you know, we know the name is Little Red. I'm not a mongrel, I'm a pure Torah bread. Up early every morning, won't catch me in bed. I'm the up and coming rapper with the red head. I love listen to the lads from Cortis. When I hear Dini and Hades, it's pure bliss. All I need is a chance from people like this. Always straight up, never take the piss. Now, there's so many rappers on the scene. To get noticed is my dream My passion for rapping is in me bloodstream Me runs are so tweaky at extreme Hopefully one day I'll be up on stage Out with me rapping, we can make a wage Rapping and rhyming with passion and rage The beast inside me, you cannot cage In me raps I put me mind and me soul Always original and never stole You wanna look, peep through the keyhole Otherwise, you have to pay the time we destiny we will control from rapping one day or count the bank roll Always cautious, never caught in a trap Me future performing just like a map Filling out pages of a fool's cap Always keep it real, never trap Crap, so listen up, all the fakes and the phonies Little Red ain't no one trick pony Rapping on me on, I don't need no crony I'm the original, the one and only 